Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian generation. The subject has not changed. God's management principles. We are on the 16th session and third discussing time management principles. The big brother topic is God's management principles. And we are zeroing in or we have zeroed in the last three Sundays on principles of time management. And last week precisely, we examine the spirituality of time. Doing that, we noted that time is not just the distance between two events. Time is much more than the distance between two events or the, the duration it takes to achieve. It is actually more than that, far more than longevity represented by numbers. I have spent two hours today praying. I have spent three hours today at work. The time is a measurement of that. But it's still much more than longevity represented by numbers. We mentioned that it is a spiritual phenomenon. I advise us to consider time as destiny trail. What do I call it? destiny trial. We establish from the scripture that no man is above the influence of time. No man is above the influence of time. Any story that will be told about you, even after you might have completed your race, will still be referenced to your time. So, no man is above the influence of time. Time is a major factor that will be considered where we want to determine whether a man has lived a purposeful life or not. And I recollect very vividly that I also drew our attention to the fact that any force or cause that can make any force or cause that is undertaken that can make you waste time is a life waster. So the understanding of time is the foundation for living the outstanding life. Majorly. Other factors can also come to play their part. But the understanding of time is a very major foundation for living the outstanding life. And that's why when a man succeeds at a relatively young age, it will draw attention and applause. But when success is delayed, or when success dragged in coming, Certainly, it will create concerns and anxiety when things are not happening as stipulated or at record time. It creates concerns, it creates anxiety. So, long years, either of your biological age, chronological age, or of your tenure of office. 
of how long you have stayed on a project can only be a thing of pride if they are filled with successes. Long years. Three time tenor of office, two time tenor of office, one time tenor of office. Long years. Now I'm celebrating Golden Jubilee, Diamond Jubilee, Platinum, and so on and so forth. Can only be a thing of pride if they are filled with successes. I point out to you the man who said, My years have been one, my years are 130, but this 130 have been full of sorrows. You will live a life that is long as the Lord permitted but they will not be years of sorrow they will be years of successes and of course that brings us to that saying again age is useless when success is absent King Josiah was isolated for a careful study and it is from there again we are going to also push forward in the study of this very important subject, time management. This man, by the calculation we did, spent 79.4% of his total age of 39 years for responsible and And the record about him is that he did what was right before God. So, we isolated for our emulation as a model for us to wake up early to the consciousness of time management in relationship to the dedication of our life to purposeful living purposeful living. It's very, very important. I said time is precious, so God is conscious of it. So we too should do the same. Let's check uh, the scripture again. We have read about Josiah. Is it second king or first king? I want to be sure you are following me. From which of the record of the kings did we study Josiah second or first second chapter 22 chapter 22 Josiah was 8 years old when he began to reign and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem and his mother's name was Jedida the daughter of Adahiah of Boscat now verse 2 and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord you will not live your life to do that which is wrong and injurious to your eternal destiny and injurious to you recording success in life 
but rather God will grant you grace to do that which is right in the sight of the Lord. Eight years old, he started reigning. He reigned for 31 years. And the summary of his life is that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. So being youthful is not an excuse to be doing the wrong things. And then your society will conclude and say, well, all youths are doing it. We can find youths in the Bible. In fact, this one was a child, eight years old. And the record about him was that he did that which was right. Say, no wasted time. I will maximize destiny. And walk in all the way of David his father. And turn not aside to the right hand or to the left. So let's do a quick inventory of his life. And take lessons from there. He was coronated at what age? Age 8. Coronated at 8. Coronated at age. He lived for how many years? For 31 years, he was on the throne. Years on the throne. Thirty-one. He died at what age? He died at thirty-nine. How do we arrive at thirty-nine? How do we arrive at thirty-nine? Eight plus thirty-one. Give us what? Thirty-nine. Now, if you want to measure, I told us that. The measure of time is not in its longevity, but in its productivity. Hello? So if you want to measure that, oh, this is a life that has quality, you measure it by productivity, not by longevity. So the percentage will now be what? The percentage of his responsible living, productive living, will be what? 31 over 39 okay, multiply by 100 and that will give you 79.4% now, let us now assume that this small boy had considered himself too young Hallelujah. Can I have uh, a face mask? I mean, what do you call it? Somebody should give me the right word for it. Face to wear, rather. I need the second one. So, let us assume he considered himself too young and uh, misbehave on the throne and was removed. It's very likely that he won't get the opportunity to return. 
Because we mentioned something very critical last week. That time is common to every man. But every man's season is different. Are you with me? Because if he missed it at age 8 and somebody occupied this 31 years these 31 years were his season the entirety of 39 was his time life and time we want to refer to this 39 you call it life and time of King Josiah but out of this 39 the season of King Josiah was what? 31 so, assuming he didn't die at, at 39, but somebody else reigned at 31, he may not come in and succeed that person. Or, if he had been living a very careless life, thinking that he was still very young, and eventually he died at 39, he will die only as a prince, never as a king. You won't die as a prince. Amen. You will assume your throne. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now let's take another possibility. If he had waited until he was 18 years of age, which is the contemporary official age of adulthood, okay, and he waited until he was 18 before waking up to his responsibility, and eventually he still died at 39. So, the percentage of his life dedicated to purposeful living and responsible living will reduce. Are you with me? If he had waited until he was 18, we are going to have 39. Or rather, we are going to have 18 plus I mean, and we are going to have 31 Let's take it again. Yes, we're going to have 39 minus 18. Which give us what? 21. As his season. His time is still 39. But his season has reduced from 31 to what? So his productivity will now be 21 over 39 to give us what? Times 100. You give us about 53%. Now, I am bringing this for you to wake up early to the consciousness of the fact that you are not just here to mark time. The more time you waste, okay, the more you reduce your season of productivity. Let's take another possibility. In, in the Bible days, you must be 20 before you are recruited to join the army. So let us assume he had waited to be 20 years of age 
the percentage of his season will reduce further. Is that not the case? So he will have it as 39 minus 20 to give him 19. Still, his time remains what? Constant. His time remains what? Constant. Multiply by 100, he will have succeeded reducing it to 38.4%. 38.4%. Now, look at the arithmetic of the reduction. You will discover that little reduction in, uh, in season is leading to big loss in productivity. Are, are you with me? The margin here is uh, 31 to 20 31 reduced to 21 minus 53 plus uh, from uh, from 79 okay you would say that it's very big then minus what do you have here 38 from 53 no if you now had lived his life on wine and women which is one of the or which is one of the years, the key area where young people waste their time, wine and women. And he waited until he was 30 years of age. Certainly his life would have been an abysmal failure. Why? The throne will not wait for him. You see, success is very mobile. You run after it. So any philosophy or theology you hold about you waiting for sources, go and review it. So you don't just while away time, sleep and wake up and think that uh, sources will come visiting like a guest. So if he had waited to be 30, the percentage dedication to responsible living will have reduced to 23%. You still use the same principle to arrive at that. 39 minus 30. 9. So, it was, it was supposed to have 31. Well, I mean, it was, it was supposed to cease its season and stay there for 31. But if he had been careless and wait until he's 30, his season will have reduced to 9. Are you with me? And then he will end up with uh, the productivity rate of 23%. Now, what are the lessons here? You can apply the same principle to assess yourself. You can employ the same principle to determine how much of your years have been dedicated to responsible living. You can use this same principle to score yourself and ask yourself, 
critical questions that if I continue at the, my present rate, what percentage of my life will be dedicated to responsible living? From the angle of spirituality, academics, economic fortune, and being socially responsible. Are you with me? So, ask yourself that question. If I continue at my present rate, what percentage of my life will be dedicated to responsible living spiritually, academically, economically, and socially? And in other climbs by which we measure human existence. So, such that even if God granted you to grow old, to become 120 years of age, what will become of the quality of your life? What will become of the value of the resourcefulness of your years? And I want you to take note when I'm when we are being generous and we are claiming we shall live to be 120. Uh, let us not forget nature. That physical energy of man comes with depreciation value. Our physical energy comes with what? Depreciation value. So, how do you measure your productivity? A man's true productive value is based on the resourcefulness he acquired from childhood to adulthood. So, where it is not possible for you to come on the throne at age 8, you still must wake up to the reality of the fact that you have your childhood and youthful age to build your resourcefulness. Are you building your resourcefulness? Are you attaching importance to your education? Moral education, spiritual education, academic education. So, because eventually the value of your productivity your true value will be based on that resourcefulness which you acquire from childhood to adulthood. And of course, the one you deploy when your mental, your physical strength can still be mobilized for active service. So now that you can mobilize your mental strength, you can mobilize your physical strength. You can develop your spiritual strength for productive living. How serious you are about that will eventually accumulate into your true productive value. And this is the essence the preacher admonishes us in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. You take the reading from verse 1. We are strongly admonished to remember our creature in the day of our youth, while the evil days come not, 
nor the years draw nigh. When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Why? The life of every man comes with depreciation value when it comes to physical strength. Why the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened? Nor the cloud return after the rain. In the day when the keeper of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinder cease because they are few, and those that look out of the window be darkened. And so, you will therefore need to visit your doctor. And then they start to recommend glasses. And also when they shall be and also when they shall be afraid of that which is I, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a body, and the sire shall fail, because man goeth to his long time, and the mourner goes about the streets. So even ambition, ambition, okay. It's not there. You can only be dreaming dreams. Or ever the silver cord be loose, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pictures be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. And the spirit shall return unto God who gave it to give an account of how you have spent your life. So let us know this. A truly meaningful life. Truly meaningful life is identifiable by its dedication to Christ and productive service to humanity. So a truly meaningful life is identifiable by its dedication to Christ and to productive service to humanity. So, let us therefore examine the summary of how God managed time and lessons thereof based on what we have studied in the last two Sundays. Number one, the primary purpose of time is for it to be used for personal self and prayer in relationship to a set goal. So you use it, you employ it to evaluate yourself. In relationship to a set goal. And from our previous study, we noted that that was God's management standard. At the close of every day's work, God will examine to evaluate 
what he has created to know whether it was a perfect product or a defective one. So God used time for personal self-evaluation. Number two. God ensured that no day was left idle. There was not a single day that God could not account for. He ensured that no day was left idle until he had successfully created all that he needed to create. And of course, he spent no day to create what was not good. He spent no day to create what was not good. The report of every day is that it was good. What is the implication of that to you? <clears throat> How to waste destiny is to waste, time, to waste time or use it to achieve things that are of no or low value. So just as we are formula for success, there's also that formula for failure. You want to waste your destiny? Oh, engage your time achieving things that are of no or low value. So, my counsel to you seriously from here is that what you do today that does not translate to immediate money is not a waste of time. If the experience you gain from it improve your resourcefulness for tomorrow's productivity. Do you understand that I want me to come again? I should come again. Okay. Now, I have said that your time is constant. Is that not? But your season is determined by how much you invest your time. Are you with me? Now, if you set a target for yourself to be a medical doctor, if you set a target for yourself to build very strong business empire, if you set this major target for yourself, to preach the gospel in all the nations of the world. You don't just go to bed and be sleeping that my time will come. Are you with me? That you have not entered that season immediately to not make you to think that time is being wasted. So, in your season of waiting, you can still invest your time. And that's why I said, what you do today that does not translate to immediate money or translates to you finding yourself in the place you have set for yourself is not a waste of time. If you do one thing, if you commit yourself to gaining experience, 
that can improve your resourcefulness for tomorrow's productivity. So, you are in school today. School is not a scam. It's a preparatory ground for tomorrow's productivity. Are you with me? You are in church this morning, yes, to worship God. But if you will also take notes by the lesson you are taking now, you are improving your resourcefulness for tomorrow's productivity. Number three. No time was spent on what would be discarded to be of no value to the ultimate goal. If you study the sequence, let there be light. Okay? And after the light had been, uh, had been created, every other thing started to follow. The water bodies were there. Then the sea animal came. It wasn't that the fish, okay, were already suffocating before God now said, oh, let us get water. This one will need to be here and uh, uh, the animals that live in water, what do you call them? <laughs> this one needs an aquatic environment. No. So, what will be useful for tomorrow is what God put in place for today. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So, the problem with many people is that they don't give attention to how they engage their time and engage their ability to make sure that what will be needed tomorrow is provided for today. Including your education. That certificate will be needed tomorrow. Is the reason you must give attention and quality time to your study today. So, God spent no time creating things that will be discarded and will be of no value to the ultimate goal. Are you with me? And you can understand this from a simple study of the ecosystem. If you, if you understand ecosystem, they give you a circle of this, circle of that. Okay? You start from the soil, the microorganism, eventually play some parts and give you the plant. The goat came and we hit uh, the, the, the grass and man will come and feed on the, on the goat. So what has been made available first is useful for what will be available next. Are you with me? Verse 29 of Genesis 1. And God said, Behold, I have given you every half bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of the three yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, where there is life. And I have given every grain from it, and it was so.
So God knew that man would need energy to keep the garden. So what did he do? He provided meat for him. Are you with me, church? So whatever you are doing that cannot give you food or prepare you to get the energy or means to get food is a destiny waster. Are you getting the breakdown? Let me say that again. Whatsoever you are doing that cannot give you food or prepare you to get the energy or means to get food is a destiny waster. So our Lord Jesus Christ committed himself to the same standard of time management. He said, my meat was to do the will of my father that sent me and to finish it. So, and in spite of all distraction, he kept his eyes on the goal until he was able to say finally on the cross, it is finished. Number four. Or is there anything you want me to reiterate before we move on? Are we on the same page, church? Number four. What you use your time to achieve is a major measure of your true spirituality. Remember we mentioned that time is not just the distance between two events. It's a spiritual phenomenon. So, and so from there, we can reach that conclusion that what you use your time to achieve is a major measure of your true spirituality. If you spent your years in the beer parlor, if you spent your years with women of easy, easy virtue, it's all telling on your state of spirituality. So if you are the type that can only count years without making the years to count, you are not measuring up to full godliness. Are you with me? When it was Jesus' season to save the world, he came and he made sure that that he did perfectly. We are counting years, but not many people know that they should take it beyond that level and make those years they are counting to count. So if you are that type, that only count years without making the years to count, you are not measuring up to full godliness. That will take us to number five. The definition of godliness, true godliness, transcends just living a holy life of avoiding sin. It includes living a productive life of effective management of your potential, your resources, and your time. The definition of godliness primarily has to do with living the holy life of avoiding sin. But it goes beyond that to include living a productive life of effective management of your potential, your resources, and your time. 
So life management is the first and foremost, I mean, is first and foremost measured by time management. That's number six. Manage your life. How do I manage my life? Manage your time. How do you manage your time? Give attention to your activity. So, life management is first and foremost measured by time management. What you do with your time and now where you do it is the true definition of success and failure. What you do with your time and how well you do it is the true definition of success or failure. And so number seven, as we prepare to draw the curtain so that by next Sunday we're going to do a general recap of what we have learned in these 16 Sundays on God's management principles. Success is doing the right thing and doing it well at the right time with a sense of accountability to God. I don't know what definition you have about success before, but I want you to add this and uh, make it number one. That success is doing the right thing and doing it well at the right time with a sense of accountability to God. So the results you get from doing the right thing at the right time with a sense of accountability to God is success. Failure is doing nothing. But not only that, it also means doing something but not doing it well at the right time. Failure is doing nothing or even doing something which is not the right thing or when it is even the right thing not doing it well at the right time and then when you are not doing it with a sense of accountability to God. And so I conclude today to say that when you pray for holy mercy because from our study of Josiah he got early mercy is the reason he had a voluminously productive season are you with me now so when you pray for early mercy also set your mind on acquiring the maturity to manage it Josiah got early mercy and he managed it because he acquired the required maturity. May grace come upon you to be a good manager of your time, good manager of your life, such that when your ministry on earth is done, you will be welcome to the abode of God. And the people you leave behind, they will give credit and glory to God for your life of worthy achievements. In Jesus' name.
We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number: zero eight zero three five six eight five eight eight two, or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, Adjacent University of Ilorin Teaching Hospital, Okelse Ilorin. God bless you.